0: spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48 states. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy Thursday, everybody, on the Gatos and Chad Show. Steve Zinsmeister and Susan Monday filling in for the guys today. Susan, how are you? Good. You can call me Sumo. Sumo. Yeah. Like the wrestlers.
1: Yeah. Okay. People think
0: I look like one, too. No, no, that's not the case. <laughs> sumo. You got it. Okay. All right, filling in for the guys today. They are out on vacation. Happy uh, holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas week. Christmas is on a Sunday this year.
1: Yeah, uh, will you be going to church? <laughs> uh, we'll put I be going you on the spot right away. No, I
0: won't be going to church. Sh- I'm actually in the process of moving, so I'll probably be packing boxes. Oh, that day. okay. And this is the guess.
1: last show of the week, the last live show of the week, right?
0: Yes, there's uh, no Gators and Chad show tomorrow. You'll uh, you'll get to hear from the guys. They just won't be here. It'll be uh, the best of from the throughout the year.
1: And our objective today is to do what?
0: Uh, get everyone in the holiday spirit. Right, and have some fun. (laughs) And the one person
1: we're not going to talk about today is?
0: Uh, hopefully Carrie Lake. Right, unless there's some breaking news. Uh, yeah. Okay. I I will say this. Today is day two of her trial. The opportunity in front of a judge to prove that the election was stolen from her. It's a very high bar that was set. She has to prove that it was intentionally uh, tampered with and that it would have changed the course of the election. By
1: my estimation... That hasn't happened. Right. And so that that ends it today. And then the judge could possibly decide tomorrow. It could
0: be. I I guess it could be as soon as today, uh, but more likely probably tomorrow or maybe even early next week that we get a verdict.
1: Okay. So that's it. That's it on That's, it. that's, that's all that's we that's the have to talk update. about. Yeah. Go to ktar.com if you need more information.
0: Exactly. Uh our top story of the day, you've probably heard us talking quite a bit on this station about Governor Ducey's shipping container wall. For those of you who have been living under a rock, uh, here's the gist. Outgoing Arizona Governor Doug Ducey made headlines when he directed that a makeshift border wall be built in areas that have no wall by piling shipping containers on top of one another. Now in an agreement with the federal government, he Will stop installing containers and by January 4th will remove those installed on federal land. The federal government filed a lawsuit against Ducey for trespassing on federal land, illegally putting the containers there and disrupting the environment. And they claimed Arizona violated the Supremacy Clause of the Constitution, which says federal law supersedes state laws. And all along, Governor Ducey has talked about that was the intent was that I was going to put up these shipping containers in the hopes that. Biden would do his job and show up and build the wall in those portions and then they could be taken down.
1: You know, what kills me. I mean, maybe some people think that Ducey is wimping out by uh, by agreeing to what the federal government is asking. I I personally don't. I I, I really don't. Um, You know, and, and this whole thing about the environment, that these containers are impacting the environment. Well, have you ever looked at the people traipsing up from the from the southern end of the the country and what they do to the environment have you seen like the the trash heaps I mean I'm kind of wondering if they're so darn concerned about the environment why aren't they concerned about that
0: I I certainly think that there's an argument to be made there. Um, Definitely the trash has been a big part of it. I do think, I'm no environmentalist, believe me, but at the same time, I've heard quite a bit about animal migration patterns. Obviously, certain land animals not able to get past Mm -hmm. a wall. Uh, Obviously, birds are a different story. I don't know how much of that carries weight. I've never really weighed the environmental aspect of it. For me, it's more about the humanity of it all and the people that are coming across Mm -hmm. and how it impacts states like ours, states like California. In Texas, New Mexico, and ultimately how it impacts the rest of the country. When it comes to the shipping containers... I think the argument is a little bit of a moot point because what's the difference, whether it's shipping containers or the wall that Biden's going to build, which is exactly what Trump wanted?
1: That's what I also wanted to say. So why all of a sudden now is the Biden administration a OK with a wall? Because that's exactly what they're going to build. They're calling it an engineered wall, whatever that means. But it's still going to be a wall. Walls, a wall is a wall. Right. Why are they OK with a wall now when. Trump was mocked for wanting to to build a wall.
0: I think that's a decent point. And uh, the other thing, too, I guess, is Ducey planned on taking the shipping containers down. You could say it was a political stunt, and there, there's an argument to be made there, too. Pretty expensive al- one. I, true. I've always leaned on the, well, it, it, does it really help? Because we've talked with some border officials who say, yeah, this is great and it it helps us to funnel people to certain locations as opposed to – it was never meant to slow the migration. A wall was not going to prevent people from coming across. They were just going to find another place to Mm -hmm. do it. But we have heard from certain border agents that they say it funnels people to less locations, therefore making it easier for Border Patrol to pick them up.
1: 3,000 containers at a cost of $95 Yeah. And now they have to dismantle them and and build a wall. That's a lot of money. It was a lot of
0: money. Was it worth it, I guess, is the question. And, And I'll pose it to you this way, because I think the intent was maybe not for Ducey to slow migration or even to funnel people to certain locations. Did he do it just specifically to make Biden act? and put up an actual law.
1: Well, I don't know what more Biden needed to act, really. I mean, if, if for two years, he's never come here to, to see it for, for himself firsthand in his, during his presidency. Uh, he sees the news. Why did it take this? And why did it take the final hours for the federal government to say, OK, yeah, I think we're going to do something?
0: I, I think that's a fair point. Everything—I feel like Biden's one of the worst presidents when it comes to timing— uh, we talked <laughs> yesterday about the you know the uh, eviction moratorium and how long you how often you had to pay your rent. That went on way too long, but didn 't rip the band aid off uh, Certainly the uh, timing of the pull out of Afghanistan was awful. Uh, I feel that a lot of these things are just horrible timing. They wait until the last minute and then here we are we 're talking about title forty two was supposed to go away Wednesday. And it's not going to go away Wednesday. Now, I think it stays around for a week. I don't know what what we're going to do in a week that we couldn't have done in the last two years.
1: You know, I was thinking, I was listening to the show yesterday, and you were talking about the fact that Title 42 was put into place because of COVID. Okay, COVID is supposedly lessening. But we've got all kinds of other uh, inflammatory diseases floating around. In fact, I read this morning that the hospitals are jammed up in Arizona with people with this RSVP and all kinds of other things. And I'm kind of wondering if we can't extend Title 42 because we used COVID as I don't know an excuse. Can't we use all of these other? reasons and illnesses that people have as, a, as, a, as an additional excuse?
0: Right. If we're looking for a reason to keep it around, I mean, that's a closer reason to why it was created in the first place. Right. Bruce St. James and I were talking yesterday about how Title 42 has been used in the past for right. other diseases. He didn't
1: invent that. It was no, something- he didn't
0: invent it. He brought it back right. for, for right. COVID purposes. Right. So I think you bring up an interesting point. Would If everybody wants it to stick around, which most Po- uh,
1: politicians on both sides of the aisle do maybe we use that as an excuse you know what until they come up with something better and of all this the containers and keeping title 42 around forces the government to come up with something better then i would say mission accomplished
0: i i just i'm not going to hold my breath on the federal government to get anything done but i agree with you that there needs to be something in place and in, in the interim until they figure out what they're going to do long term
1: they've had many years to do so
0: And that's why I'm not holding my breath. I can't hold my breath for many years. I can't do it. Uh, Coming up next, how much should we be helping Ukraine with their (laughs) war going on against Russia? There are some varying opinions on this topic. We'll give you our opinions on it next on the Gatos and Chad Show. KTAR News 92.3 FM.
1: You're locked in to the
0: Gatos and Chad Show. Hey, happy holidays, everybody. It is the Gatos and Chad Show. Steve Zinsmeister and Susan Munday. Sumo, I've been instructed to call her on the Gatos and Chad Show. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Yesterday, kind of interesting, the leader of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, in the United States, at the White House, speaking with President Biden, speaking to the media, and then eventually speaking in front of Congress as well. I I, I don't want to say it was a money grab, but he came here looking for help, to say the least. And this is part of what he uh, had to say yesterday.
1: Your money is not charity. It's an investment
0: in the global security and democracy that we handle in the most responsible way. So there's very differing opinions across the country on how much or how little or not at all we should be helping Ukraine.
1: You know, we just talked about the so-called wall and the border crisis. I mean, I can think of a lot of other things to spend that money on. That would be my number one priority. And we've already given them a boatload of of money, and we've committed to giving them the Patriot missiles, and I guess, you know, what I'm wondering is, where are all the other countries in Europe? Why is it always the United States, when times are bad, people come to us for money, and then more money? Uh, It's an interesting
0: question, and one that I've actually been thinking about a lot. My best analogy for this is we are the big brother of the democratic family. And what I mean by that is other countries that are our allies, that go through the democratic process, that have, you know, a voting system in place, non monarchal or non tyrannical countries, we're the big brother. And if they get picked on by a bully on the playground and they come to us and say, we need your help, isn't it the responsibility of the big brother to? Step in, intervene on some level. It doesn't mean we have to uh, take on the fight and beat the crap out of the bully ourselves. But don't don't you at least have some responsibility as the person who is the bigger of the two to step in and and take some of the blow?
1: But is it endless? I mean, we it's we did give, we gave them a lot of money already. Yeah. And now they're asking for more and they're saying it's not charity. I I don't consider it to be charity either. But, um, you know, why isn't he making these same trips to France, for example, or England? They've got money they could give. That all adds up.
0: It's a good question. I suppose you would have to ask France (laughs) or some of the other countries why they're not stepping up to the same level as the United States. Uh, To kind of further this point, too, reading from uh, Arizona uh, Representative Paul Gosar's Twitter yesterday. Mm -hmm. I renew my call for peace. Zelensky has come to Congress to ask for billions and billions for war. We should not fund this war. We have no interest to defend in Ukraine. Uh, A true leader would be seeking peace. There's a lot of people who feel that way. In fact, I got a tweet during yesterday's show from a listener who said, why can't we focus on the issues we have going on here domestically in America? And my response was, was, I I think that's a good point. We're we're certainly not perfect. We got a lot of stuff we got to deal with. It ain't all sunshine and rainbows in America. Mm -hmm. But how come we can't do both? And we can we can argue all day long about how much we should help Ukraine, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's forty billion or four billion or
1: or less or more. Uh, we
0: can have that debate all day long.
1: But you know, in the in the last segment, we were we were talking about the wall and how that was a Trump idea, and Title re, re uh, invigorating Title forty two was a Trump Trump idea. Yeah. Well. Trump also, during his presidency, tried to get the UN countries to pay their share. And I have to I have to agree with that. I really do, and I don't know where that stands, but it's obvious from yesterday that we're the only one that's paying our share and then other countries share as well.
0: Now, I agree with you on that one. We could talk about what piece of the pie should the United States be. Do we need to be the whole pie, or should we we be a portion of the the whole pie? It kind of feels like we are at times, and I'm not disagreeing with you there. I do think that it's important to help Ukraine. There's a reason that it took us almost a full year before giving away these Patriot missiles, Mm -hmm. which, basically, if you don't know what that is, it's basically a long-range weapon. It's we can shoot. These missiles further into the country of Russia, which is gonna anger Russia. Uh. And I've never been overly worried about how mad Russia is, but let's be uh. honest, this is one of the global superpowers.
1: I would be greatly concerned how worried Russia is and what it looks like to the world theater that Russia isn't doing faring so well in this skirmish. You know, I think when it all started way back when we we thought that Russia was going to clobber them in a few days. Well, that hasn't happened. And they have egg on their face. And I can't see Putin giving in without a really brutal fight. I can't see him sitting at the negotiation table and caving into some of Ukraine. Desire, I can't. I cannot. Uh, and he doesn't strike me as that kind of
0: person. No, he's not. He's a he's a tyrant. That's not what he does. Uh, I think, like when I read this reaction from uh, Representative Gosar, yeah. Congressman Gosar, my reaction is: Okay, should our assistance to a country like Ukraine be zero, or is it just less than we're currently at? I'm with you. I think that there's probably a lot of value in President Biden heading over to some of our other allied countries and speaking with them specifically and getting on TV with them and saying, hey, we need you to step up because we can't be the only dog no. in this fight.
1: Well, we tried to get... uh your, our independent senator to come on today because she was actually at the event uh, in Congress last night. She did issue a statement. May I read a couple lines? Senator Sinema con-
0: this is, right? Yes. The world,
1: yes. So the world continues to witness Russia's unprovoked and illegal attacks on a free, democratic, and sovereign Ukraine. President Zelensky's joint address to Congress showed our unity supporting Ukraine's efforts as it protects itself against Russia's invasion. The United States should consider providing military equipment and humanitarian support to Ukraine, increased financial punishments on Putin and his regime. So it seems like she's walking the Democratic line on this. A lot of Republicans are don't want to write this blank check to Ukraine, but she, even though she's now registered as an independent, um, is supporting giving money and support to Ukraine.
0: Well, and I'll tell you, just sitting here during the show yesterday, watching the Zelensky speech in front of Congress, uh, it's not the end-all be-all, but I did notice, it was kind of like a State of the Union address where they speak in front of all of Congress and they stand up and clap every five seconds. I mean, every time he says the word the, they stand (laughs) up and clap. It's kind of pointless in my mind, but I will say this, and maybe it's just uh, the visuals of it, but it looked like the whole room was very behind him, like the whole room was very active. Everybody standing up, not just half the room. It, it wasn't politically divided, visually.
1: So you think that this could be a, a bipartisan effort that everybody's going to agree on, except for? Well, here's the thing: c- c- I don't think everybody
0: agrees with it necessarily, but I think everyone will, on the surface, make it look like we want to support Ukraine. Now let's get down to the nitty gritty and decide well, we how much we do want to
1: support them, right? Of course, we do.
0: Well, I don't know. I read I read Mr. Uh, Gosar's yeah. tweet here, and I, I'm not sure he not wants to support does. Ukraine at all.
1: Not everybody does, right. I don't
0: think it's a net zero proposition for me. I think it's, we can have the discussion about how much we send. And Congress goes through these things all the time, right, when they do these bills. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to vote for it, don't vote for it. But then it looks like you're the one that doesn't want to help Ukraine.
1: Hey, I personally liked it, uh, his outfit, just to shave his sh- Zelensky? <laughs> yeah, he's got, I mean, he must have a ton of drab green sweaters and khaki pants.
0: Yeah. He and looked like he was in a war.
1: I kind of like that he didn't show up in a suit. I liked it, too. Yeah.
0: But, I, you know, I see, like, a tweet from, like, Don Jr. yesterday talking about, oh, how could he show up and not wear a suit? That's, he's not a decent person. Oh, I'm was like, was
1: it respectful? If you're, Come on. If you're worried he's about. He's war. If
0: you're worried about his outfit at the White House, you're worried about the wrong thing. Well, I got to be
1: honest. I wish that people that run our country had the same kind of guts that that man has. I would agree truly, with you on that. Truly.
0: Coming up next, is Senator Cinema, who we just talked about, is she asking her staff to do some crazy things for her? We'll get into that next on the Gators and Chad show. Hello,
1: hello, hello. 92.3 FM. You're locked
0: in to the Gatos and Chad show. And this portion of the program is brought to you by Parker and Sends Plumbing and Electrical, the two-time winner of the Better Business Bureau's Ethics Award. Steve Zinsmeister and Sumo, Susan Mondays. And for Gatos and Chad today, a bit of an interesting piece in the Daily Beast today. Specifically about Arizona Senior Senator Kirsten Cinema. Is she asking her staff on the, on the Hill to do personal tasks that some might consider a little bit... Diva-ish. Yeah, (laughs) diva-ish. So what are some of the things in this piece that she's asking them to do?
1: Some of the things I thought we're okay. She doesn't like to fly and I don't either. It's just it's just awful. No matter where you sit it's, it's just a hassle. awful. Yeah, she has strong preferences about air. She doesn't like to go on Southwest. Never book her a seat near a bathroom. Who wants to sit near a bathroom? I'm with her on that. Yeah. And absolutely never a middle seat. Again, with her on that one. Um, so that I'm okay with. And I'm also okay with if her internet goes down and Verizon has to come out and fix it, that one of her aides has to wait around for Verizon to do so. I mean, her time is important. So I'm good with that. There are some things... I really do feel it's borderline. She's like a rock star. She reminds me of like Mariah Carey or Madonna, and it has to do with her food and eating preferences and her athletic schedule.
0: Yeah, it's like, what do they call it in uh, in the rock world? They call it the rider when yeah, you do the a rider. show. rider.
1: She's got a lot of uh, things on the rider. I
0: demand to have M and M's and pretzels <laughs> in a bowl on the table. I know.
1: No, I wish I had M and M's uh, in we'll,
0: here. We'll, we'll work Could you on that. Make
1: that Can we work on that, guys?
0: Okay, let's work on that for uh, for Sumo. The
1: only. Peanut M&M, so. <laughs>
0: so, some of the other things. Um, have a bottle of water at room temperature oh. near me at all times.
1: I would be a nervous wreck. It would be like a, a really expensive bottle of wine and having it just at the right temperature. The bottle. What? What is the room temperature? What is it?
0: Uh, I don't know what it is about that. I like my water cold. I don't know about uh, truly you. Truly,
1: I'd be a nervous wreck.
0: Uh, check in with me weekly to see if I need groceries. <laughs> is another one. <laughs> Schedule one hour long massages weekly for me. Okay. Set up appointments, like you said, for Internet, if it goes out or whatever she needs around the apartment. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Here's an interesting one. I don't work before 8.45 a.m. and I I don't work after 8. I
1: most assuredly take issue with that. And here's why. Because, okay, it's great that you don't want things to infringe on your free time. But the world doesn't operate that way. It does not. Something tragic could happen in Arizona, you know, at two o'clock in the morning or at seven o'clock in the morning that she needs to be aware of and she needs to address.
0: Here's where I'll somewhat defend the senator. First of all, I highly doubt she's the only person on Capitol Hill who does these things. Or something like that. Well,
1: according to the article, she's one of the one of the few that is pushing it to the limit. I well, that may be. I kind and again, and th- I actually th- am really surprised. I don't know her th- at all. Sure, uh, I've only been in Arizona since the summer, and just what I've read, I like the fact that she um, is now registered independent because I am too. But I guess I just kn- I didn't know all these. Quirky, idiosyncratic things about her. And she just seemed like she was down to earth. And this makes her not seem so down to earth.
0: You know what? None of this bugs me. If if it's Ah. even true. Because, by the way, her spokesperson says a lot of this is inaccurate. It's not reflective of their official policies. None of this bugs me. You talked about the flight Ah. stuff. Everybody doesn't want to sit near the bathroom or sit in the middle seat. The water Uh. thing. How, have you ever worked for somebody who's just like very difficult to work with and they like things the way they like them? I have. It happens all over the corporate world. How, Why not
1: on Capitol Hill? How about this? Due to her very high level of activity, she's always hungry and needs to consume a lot of protein each day, specifying that she has to eat between 12 and 12.30. God forbid if it's 12.35, 2 and 2.30 and 5 and 6.30. And she, it's, she brings her own lunch and snack but she cannot be scheduled beyond 6:30. You know what I'm eating for eating. Person. You know what
0: I hear there? Somebody who cares about her schedule, <laughs> somebody who cares about certainly her health and ath- like uh, her know, athletic yeah. endeavors. We know her to be a person who runs marathons and ironmans. Uh she's she's active. That's another thing that you don't really see on Capitol Hill all that much from sitting senators or people in Congress.
1: I'm glad that she cares about her health because it is the kind of a job that could run you down and run you ragged if you're, uh, if you're flying between Phoenix and uh, Washington, D.C. So she's conscious of that.
0: I just think this is a whole bunch of nothing because honestly... I <laughs> Most of this is how I would feel, too. It's just that I don't have an assistant, and I probably don't deserve one. And I I think she probably
1: does. She's a sitting U.S. senator and one of the most powerful people in America. All right. Well, coming up next, uh, Brittany Griner and I have something in common. Oh, really? And it's not our height. (laughs) (laughs) That's coming up next on the Gators and Chad Show.
0: KTAR News, 92.3 FM.
1: You're locked in to the Gatos and Chad Show. Yes, and my name is Susan Monday, but you can call me Sumo and Steve Zinsmeister. We're here uh, taking over for Gatos and Chad. And I do have something in common with Brittany Griner. Is it basketball skill? (laughs) <laughs> no, I've stayed, I'm just reading the room. I've stayed in a penal colony before. Or oh, okay, I've, or I've smoked hashish. None of the above. None of the <laughs> none of the above. Um, the best gift that you can give at the holidays is something that doesn't cost very much. And I'm wondering if you've ever given it. Have you ever written a thank you note as a gift or
0: as a? Uh, I did it after, after I got received a gift. A gift. Okay. Uh, The answer either way is no. (laughs) My mother used to make us write thank you notes when we were kids. And what happened
1: to that practice? I gave it up. When you moved out?
0: Uh, Probably around the age of like 10 or 12.
1: So your mom bought the cards and you had to write the note for your birth, say your birthday. Yeah, grandma
0: and grandpa or family members, friends, we would write thank you notes. I do not do it as an adult.
1: Well, I loved that Brittany Griner sent a thank you out on her Instagram. It was very heartfelt. And a lot of people apparently while she was in Russia wrote to her and she was thanking them for that. And that must have made the recipients who saw this today feel really darn good. Have you ever gotten a thank you note that made you feel warm and fuzzy on the inside? Yes. And
0: I've received it. I I feel like the way that I presented that, it was pretty callous and (laughs) and people probably are getting their uh, feathers all ruffled. Here's why I don't do it. First of all, when I receive letters or or, uh, cards for birthdays or whatever the case may be, it's great. Everybody likes receiving those things. I don't keep them. I've been told before, you should keep them, put them on the mantle, put them on the fridge. Like if you got a Christmas card, you don't keep it around for a while? Nope. It immediately goes into the recycle? Pretty much. Yep. You are called and cows. I know, but here's, <laughs> but here's why I do that. Because I prefer to do
1: my thank yous in person. All right, so I want to talk about that, because uh, headline, do thank you notes still matter? And I want to tell you, just a quick, this is about Brittany Griner, but it's also I want to tell you a little story about myself, and also in the Brittany Griner Instagram post, she asked people to not forget about Paul Whelan, and to send him some notes to keep his spirit up. I think that's a really nice thing to do. So, my niece got married over the summer, and I... Sent her. She didn't have like a big blowout wedding, or anything. she didn't. She just did like a, a, a quickie wedding with her and her uh, fiance. And I sent her a check for a thousand dollars. Okay, that's not a hundred dollars. $1, a thousand dollars. That's a big chunk of change. Don't you not agree? Yeah. She's my only niece. She sent me a thank you via text. Unacceptable. Unacceptable for a, a gift of that size. Come on. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I, I get that receiving
0: the text is—it just doesn't feel the same. I wonder how much of this is generational too.
1: I'm sure it is, but your mother was trying to instill in you a habit that would take you into your adulthood, but it didn't work. Yeah, didn't take. Uh, And I think part of that,
0: again, is that I have a very small circle of people that I buy gifts for and receive gifts from. It's family. It's maybe a couple of friends, obviously girlfriend, her daughter. It's really not much beyond that for me. And part of it is when I receive the gift— I say thank you in person. I do the same thing on my birthday. I uh, all the time. Whenever we get things for each other, I think it's more valuable to say something in person. When uh, when we get emails around here around the office that uh, that somebody gets a promotion, I, I don't reply all. I don't do that. I go and talk to them in person and say, "Hey, great for you. This is awesome." Okay.
1: I'm not going to mention names, but there have been some recent promotions. And I saw everybody saying, congratulate, congrats. And I went out and bought the person that got the promotion a card. And I think it meant something to her. I really do. That I, you Probably. know. And I wrote some things. It wasn't just, hey, congrats, you're, you're the best. I wrote some things in there that she had told me about herself. And so, that's really a component of a thank you note. To not just write, thank you, love, sumo. But to just talk. Talk about what you're going to do with the gift or how nice to get, whatever. I
0: would never knock anybody for doing it. I think but it's a great practice. But you're saying it's practice. generational.
1: Do you think it's just little old ladies that are sitting at home with nothing better to do no. than write thank you notes?
0: I don't think so. I think I think as much as it's generational, it could be different from person to person. I mean, some people take the time to go and do that. I, I don't, it's not that I don't value getting a card. Like I said, I love getting cards from people. I get them, and the only time I really keep a card is if it's a friend of mine who's like a photographer and the card is literally their artwork. You know, like it's something, yeah. I, I have a friend who I receive cards from Every year, I get a card that's an amazing picture in the desert or in the jungle or something valuable to me. I'll keep that. um, When I get something from a kid that's created, that's art that they drew Mm -hmm. or colored Mm -hmm. or you know Mm -hmm. painted, whatever, Mm -hmm. that stuff that I will keep. A card from uh, my parents that's jokey, "Hey, happy birthday!" Mm -hmm. and here's a twenty dollar bill or whatever. I'm not keeping that. Not long term. It might stick around for a day or two, but after that, it's out the window.
1: Speaking of kids, so uh, my friend's got two little boys, and I'm sure they are just like you. Oh, really, Mom? We really have to write a thank you note. But they do do it, and they often draw, and I always save them. I mean, it it means something to me.
0: I think the other thing, too, of people my age and, and even younger, postal system, not something we participate in. We don't. I I haven't bought stamps. I was
1: looking for a stamp the other day. No, not one person had a stamp.
0: Well, you're not going to get it from me. I don't think I've ever bought stamps in my entire life. Don't know how much they cost. Sixty cents. I wouldn't have known that. Coming up next on the Kados and Chad Show, should you lie the next time that you get pulled over? At least one of us, and probably both of us, do it. Maybe we shouldn't be. That's next on the show.
1: I wonder if people think.